Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and I am joined by David Burdett. Hello there. And Corvo Rower. What's going on, party people? And in this podcast, we talk about the games we were able to get our hands on. Also, we talk about the games uh, in our backlog that we should have played a long time ago and what you absolutely need to play no matter when it came out. This week, we're going to talk about A Plague Tale Requiem. We had a preview for that. We're going to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R Royale Z. I don't know. All that. Steel Rising and Temtem, as well as a little bit of news. So every game we talk about in this podcast, you will be able to uh, click on the game that you want in our timestamps that will be found in the YouTube description. And if you are listening through audio, you can find those also in the podcast app that supports that feature. So let's get into a plague to Requiem. Cool. So I guess first off, and I want to ask both of you, have either of you played Plague Tale Innocence? The the first No. I did actually. Yes. I wanted okay. I, I I want to now that I hear all the excitement about Requiem, like a Plague Tale was never on my radar, ever. And then yeah. people I saw the excitement people had about Requiem. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should go back and play Innocence so I can get a, a sense of why people are so excited about it. So I, that's that's on my to do list. My okay, backlog. So, so innocence, one of the biggest things that struck me, I didn't play it complete. I never finished it, but it's such a pretty game for being an indie game. And it's got this really nice slow pace that kind of puts you through these different almost puzzles as you're kind of getting through your environment, as well as there's not really combat to it as much as there is. I hit I hit pe- I have to kill people when I have to. Like you're you're almost more trying to stealthily get your way through the world. Uh, like I said, the whole kind of almost puzzle aspect of let me make this box of armor clank so that the guy will go over there so I can walk by him and all that kind of stuff. So that has been largely retained when moving into Innocence or with uh, Requiem, not Innocence. But the world right off the bat is has such a scale you can tell that they have added to this development team they've really gone on all in in this because from the very first moment i stepped foot i believe i'm in chat i was in chapter six or seven that they threw us into but as soon as i walked out of the woods which already was just beautiful which they had really beautiful wood settings you know forest setting inside innocence you walk into the out of the woods into this meadow and just the scale, the the huge open environment that is there is just it's just incredible. Just you look at it and it's uh, I said it in the preview. It's breathtakingly gorgeous because it really is like that. There's it's incredible that an indie studio is making games that look like this especially when you do look at some of the landscape and the fact that, you know, we still get assassin's creed and pc syndrome sometimes with some of the <laughs> some of what's put into trip the triple a space so not only does it look really good it's just a really interesting story because you're protecting your little brother i don't want to give away a lot when it comes to spoilers um but he it does have a connection to the whole plague tale idea where the 
plague rats are coming in and trying to destroy everything. Um, he's yeah, I remember that trailer seeing a lot of rats. Yes. So, which we will get to that. But you're taking him around and you're being chased down by these soldiers because you've killed soldiers, which is kind of crazy to think about considering the last game was really about not killing as many people. And this game, as you go through it, yes, killing is still more of a last option, but sh- but Amicia feels so much more deadly in this game comparatively because not only do you have more tools, like, for instance, you've got a crossbow is one of the first things everybody is going to notice. Uh, you don't have a lot of bolts for said crossbow, so you have to be very choosy and when you use them but that's like an insta kill when you use the crossbow so it's a it's an instant way to eliminate somebody off of the board whereas with the sling which is iconic from the original game if somebody's wearing a helmet you have to be paying attention to okay they've got a helmet on if i throw this i'm going to stun them for a second that's it this this isn't this isn't going to do me any good uh, but you've also got an arsenal of you can set things on fire uh, through gathering certain resources. You can turn, st- you can actually extinguish fire, which comes into play with the rats because the rats do not like fire at all. They will stay away from it. It's part of how you will end up being able to get through certain areas is having to use that to your advantage. But then there are sad guards that are walking around rats with torches that are trying to keep them away and all it takes is one little flick of your little extinguishing (laughs) sling (laughs) of adding that effect to it and suddenly their torch goes out (laughs) and they get devoured by the rats there there i have to say it there is something just morbidly satisfying about taking Mm. a guy out that way (laughs) because he just you hear a couple of screams, you see him fighting, and then he just vanishes underneath <laughs> a pile of rats that just comes up on the uh, screen. And the thing is, the game itself is just the what they've done, and they abandoned last gen. This is not on PS4. This is not on Xbox One like the other one was. And you can see the benefits just in the rats because they are rendering thousands of these of these little creatures on screen. Let me let me see if I have a actual I read a quote about it and they actually can render hundreds of thousands of rats. At that's a time. sign of next gen right there. <laughs> hundreds of thousands of Let's rats. Go, that's we've, moved away, we've moved away from pixels, people. It's all about rats now. <laughs> yeah. How many, teraflops, how many hundreds of thousands of rats can you render on screen? We've got rodent <laughs> ray tracing, baby. <laughs> how many rats can your can your console see the reflections of rain off their fur? <laughs> so, but like, it's just it, it it's just such a well done, well put together stealth with kind of puzzly kind of action to it. And it's an interesting pace that you have to work at because largely you have your brother by the hand. So there's no running in this game. You have to think about what you're doing. You can't just, I said, just barge through the door and do everything. Uh, The cool thing is, is they do give you a little more feeling of that a little bit later. But by adding something that's a little more puzzly with the combat, because 
you run into this soldier who decides to help you to obviously to benefit himself, but also to help you is it's the kind of just the bartering at this point. But you get to this point where you're trying to go to a ship. And you get the ability to command him to go and engage with enemies so he can go. If you say you've got an enemy just by themselves, he'll go, he'll fight them. He'll win every one on one. What you have to be very careful with is because you're going through this area that has several enemies. They walk different paths and whatnot. If he gets caught out by two, there's a greater chance that he's going down. So he it's kind of that risk reward thing because I've also been able to sit there and wring somebody's noggin that has a helmet on to keep them from being able to fight him as he kills someone else. And then by the time, by the time they're actually able to like get themselves together, he's already up on them and fighting them. So it's just some really interesting, some really cool ways that they're giving you combat in this game without really giving you combat so it it feels different than just, oh, I'm trying to protect an NPC. No, you're actually commanding an NPC to go and kind of do your bidding when it comes to fighting. And it feels a lot more organic than, say, something like Overlord or something where you've just got a minion that's doing it. This It just feels, there's just a a much better feel to it, especially since they, they still can die. So you've got to pay attention to what they're doing. They're they're living, breathing part of your party rather than just a a some disposable character you can just throw in there and oh, I've done it. So it's it's just a really Asobo has done an incredible thing. They're a really up and coming studio at this point now. After doing Innocence, then moving on, they did. Most people don't realize that they did Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. So. And now they're doing like if if Innocence was kind of the indie darling, I can only imagine how incredible this is going to be taken because it feels like they're not just sitting back and saying, "Okay, we made a great game before. Let's just make a sequel and be done with it. It feels like they're actually trying to not only broaden the scope of how great the world can look, how big the world can be but they're also trying new and different things with the combat to where they're, they're not just making it an action game, but they're also not just sitting back and being like, okay, well using the sling worked in the last one. So let's just stick with that. So they're, they're they're doing a really good job of broadening what this game's doing. While not losing their, their, they're not losing their vision either at the same time. Yeah. I feel like it's not often where you have a uh, a game like Innocence and then they, you know, Asobo sees success and, well, I know Focus Entertainment is publishing uh, this game. Did they publish the last one also, Innocence? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, so knowing how, you know, publisher-developer relationships tend to work, at least on the bigger AAA space, and, you know, at this point, I think people are considering this at least a smaller scale AAA game, uh, you you would imagine that you would stick to the exact formula that made Innocence work. And then you're just trying to tell an expanded tale or, uh, or you know, a, a different story, but with the same mechanics. And this sounds like they're just like, 
it's gonna be a little similar to what you're used to, but no, at the same time, it's gonna feel different as well, which in some sense could be a negative maybe for some players because it's like, oh, I have to do something new. Uh, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Change. But it for a lot of other people, it could be, oh, this is interesting. Like, I, I am not doing the exact same thing the exact same way from the last game in order to accomplish and get through the story. We're mixing things up. We're changing things. And I feel like you don't get that with a ton of sequels nowadays. Especially not indie, especially not indie makers because that's a, that's a real... Especially with AAA, also, it's a, it's a it's a gamble. At least with triple, yeah. at least with AAA, you have a little more money involved. Where and they still don't take the risk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could use Vanguard from Call of Duty, like as an example. Maybe that's the biggest risk. You know, like you know, oh, we're gonna do World War II and like use old guns a little bit, but that's just and. Me. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. But then when you couple in the fact that they had this war zone stuff going on too, and you know, they were trying to keep everything related to it. And it was just like, nah, this like that was a risk, right? Like knowing the pipeline that they were using and they still went with it and it didn't work. You know, that's even still though, like, <laughs> as you say, playing it safe, but also doing something a little different. This is like, no, we're just going to do something different. And, and that's it. And yeah, for indie games, I mean, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's wild to think how people truly believe like indie games are like, they're so unique. And, and yes, there are, there, there are plenty of unique, you can't get these games in AAA space. It's just not going to happen. And they turn out to be great. But then there's a lot of cookie cutter stuff too, where it's just like, oh yeah, everybody's doing a rogue something. So you, you get that. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Um, not every rogue like, likes a good rogue like. No, <laughs> no or rogue lights or r- r- any rogue. Uh, but I li- I like Same the sound of this games. <laughs> yes, which we will get into shortly with but, another uh, game. <laughs> I, I, as one who has not played either of the games, don't know much about any of them. I'm intrigued by the fact that this, like, I'm intrigued by the fact that innocence is going to be more stealthy, and this is going to be more action. I'm like, okay, I, I, I like. I like that. I like that I'm going to get a little bit of both. So I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to playing both of them based on that. I've always liked stealth puzzle kind of games. So th- this really scratches that itch. Um, the cool thing is, is it's coming to Game Pass Day 1. Yes. So on October 18th, you'll be able to play it on Game Pass. I believe on Game Pass PC as well, if I'm not mistaken. But it is going to be available on PlayStation as well to purchase. Yeah. All right, that is that was the preview for a uh, Plague Tale Requiem that is developed by Asobo Studio and published by Focus Entertainment. Now let us get into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R. It's too much. <laughs> they they tried to cram as many words as they could into the title. They should have just put Z on the back of it, just the troll like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> All right, tell us about tell us about this. What is this? Yeah, so this is a remake from the original game, which was JoJo's All-Star Battle. So they just threw an R on there for the remaster. Oh, I didn't even realize it was a remaster. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it was a 2013 game, I believe. It was on the PlayStation 3. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, they added a whole bunch of stuff to it, and they changed some game mechanics. But uh, for those uninitiated, it's a three-button fighter. 
So you've got your light, medium, heavy attacks, and they've also got a dedicated dodge button. Um, it's a 3D fighter. So uh, you're playing on a 2D stage, but you can you know move in the Z-axis as well, back and forth. Uh, like in the sense of Soul Calibur, sense yeah. of like Dragon Ball Budokai or... Yeah, like in the sense of Soul Calibur where you can, you know, okay. dodge to the left and right as well as backwards. Or is it more like Tekken where it's like you can move kind of? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I one thing about the movement in the game is that it feels a little stiff. I think that's a symptom of it being kind of an older fighting game. Yeah. Um, you You definitely get some of that stiffness, but thankfully... Uh, with the upgrades, it does feel a bit more like a modern fighting game. You've got, you know, 60 FPS now, which is fantastic. The old game was running at 30. Um, so, yeah, it does feel a bit more like a modern fighting game now, which I was happy to see. Okay. Um, so what about, did they add any new mechanics? Did they add any new modes? Yeah. They, you know. So, as far as combat mechanics go, uh, they improved like the combo inputs. So they added oh, okay. uh, like more hit stops. Uh, they added more input buffer. Um, one thing that was kind of an issue with the previous version was that inputting combo strings was a little difficult. That's a lot easier now in the remastered version. Was it because it was imprecise or it required precision like a street fighter? Uh, required a lot of precision. Um, oh, okay. So sometimes you would, you know, press inputs and it feel it felt like something should come out when it didn't. But now uh, when you press buttons, it actually feels like, okay, I press that button, that action happened. It's just more okay. responsive in that in that way. One big thing that they did change though, um, back in the 2013 version, there was um, I guess you could call it a mechanic. It was kind of a bug, but some people like to view it as a mechanic. It was called rotate canceling. And what that was, was when you did uh, like a simple combo string input, so, you know, like mash square three times, you could rotate your character while inputting another input, and it would do sort of like an input cancel so you could extend your combo. Mm -hmm. um, this was kind of like a problem because it basically meant there was no reason to do long combo strings instead of rotate canceling because you would just get way more value out of rotate canceling because you could keep your opponent stun locked that way. Mm. Um, so that's gone now. There's no rotate canceling, um, which I think is great. I, um, I think it just improves matches in general. You're not just going up against, you know, the same punch over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, one mechanic that they did keep, though, that... I wasn't personally too excited about was stylish dodges. What that mechanic is, is if you press the block button, which is holding back, if you press it at the moment that you would be hit, you'll perform a stylish dodge, which you kind of, you slide to the side of your opponent and then you gain hit advantage. Mm. Uh, the problem with this is that, you know, if you miss input, so like, let's say you go to block, even if you miss it, you're still going to be blocking. So there's no risk in doing a stylish dodge um, and all the reward. So that that mechanic, I wasn't too much of a fan of. Um, but yeah, they I would say the biggest I, thing that they changed uh, as far as combat was the addition of assists. Uh, so they added assists to the game, which can be used both offensively and defensively. And every character on the roster can be an assist. So what does that look like? Is that 
like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 style where you like call in your buddy and they come in and do an attack and then they hop out? Yeah, it's pretty similar to that. Uh, each character does something different. You know, they have different varieties. Like some will do a close range attack. Some will do long range attacks. Um, it really just depends on the character. And they can also be used uh, defensively as combo breakers. Um, the charges are separated though. So if you want to use an offensive assist, you know, you might get two charges on that, whereas they might only get one combo breaker charge. Okay. I would say most of them probably have two attacks, one combo break. And if you use them as a combo breaker, they have a longer cooldown before you can use them again. Um, whether you use them offensively, it's a shorter cooldown. And if you use them from neutral stance, they actually have no cooldown. Hmm. So how, how, does, how does all that feel then? Does it, does it feel good? Does it feel cheap? Do you f- um, you know, combo breakers are never really a feel good moment when they're, oh, when no. they happen to you. Of course not. <laughs> um, but using the assists offensively was really cool. Um, you know, with rotate cancels, with rotate cancels being gone, um, you have to get a little bit more creative with your combo opportunities. So, uh, I liked to use my assists as combo extenders. So if you get somebody in a juggle and then you call in, let's say the, uh, Jotaro Kujo from part three, he'll do a little stand rush attack where he throws out like a flurry of punches and it'll keep them locked in the air. So once he finishes his attack, you can jump in for more combo, which I think is, I think that is fun rather than, you know, you're just now getting a combo in on somebody and they call in a combo breaker and now you're on the floor. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that, that seems very classic, you know, Marvel versus Capcom, you know, team based fighter type of thing. So it, so it sounds like it feels good, which means, you know, th- I mean, this doesn't seem like one of those like big fighters. So it is something that it seems like it riffs off of something else with the, you know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure franchise. And it sounds actually half decent. Yeah. I didn't play it I, in 2013. I did. I don't remember it coming out. I forgot JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is even this old, but apparently this sounds pretty good. Yeah, I I mentioned this a little bit in my review. Um, This is like an amazing JoJo game. But as a fighting game, it's not all the way there because it still suffers from the problems that it had in 2013, which is the absolutely atrocious online experience, Mm. um, which I'm very sad to say. Uh, CyberConnect2 decided to give this game a delay-based netcode rather than... (sighs) rollback net code um yeah yeah so i would say probably like every third online match i was playing either disconnected before the match even started horrible stutters um just basically unplayable matches if somebody is far away from you regionally which is really tragic because the gameplay is actually super fun like playing locally uh, with a buddy or just playing against the computer even is a great time. But the moment that you hop online, it's like, oh man, this is just not great. Input delay kicks in. Uh, attack Desync. Lift. It's yeah, just, yeah, the, yeah. oh man. And yeah, you that, know, that is unfortunate. There's always the hope that CyberConnect2 would implement a rollback update, but with their track record of the fighting games they've released, they're kind of notorious for having terrible netcode. So... Uh, it's just one of the unfortunate things to say did about this, the game. Did this remaster come out on uh, the older gen consoles, the last gen? 
I think it did. Um, I can double check that. I reviewed the game on PlayStation Five. Right. I yeah. I would imagine you you don't review this on on, uh, <laughs> on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you get what you get, I suppose. But uh, I, okay. So I know it's on PC. Yes. That I am aware of. Uh, um, yes, it looks like it did come out on PS4 as well as Xbox One. Okay. Okay. Well, to their defense, I suppose. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense they didn't, or maybe they, or uh, well, they well, could pro they he, could do rollback at least for the PlayStation Five and what is this on Xbox also? So yeah. If if not, then at least PC, PS Five, and the Series X. Here's um, Here's the other thing holding it back from being like a true modern fighting game. Uh, there's no spectating online matches. When you're playing okay. ranked mode, there's no rematch option. Like, how, Ooh, how wow. do we yeah. not have a rematch option in 2022 for ranked mode? Yeah, they should have implemented that. There's no tournament system, no lobbies. I mean... There's a super so lobby very, where very, you can see. Very 2013. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it feels like 2013. Um, okay. So yeah, the on the online experience is definitely the drawback. If there was one to point out, I think everything else about the game is just fantastic. Like they added n new characters. Um, oh, okay. They've got all those additions that I previously mentioned regarding the combat. 60, 60 FPS updates on the visuals. Everything looks great. The game feels a lot faster than it did in 2013. And they also uh, re-recorded voice lines from the anime. So you've got new voice oh, cool. for part six. I think all that know, stuff is great. Okay. The, uh, the new characters, how do they feel? I loved them a lot. Uh, I can go through the new characters real quick here. Uh, they added Speedwagon, Mariah... Pet Shop, Yukako Yamagishi, Trish Una, Prosciutto and Pesci. Those are actually one character. They're like a duo. They added, they added a, a, a meat? Prosciutto? <laughs> yes, his name is Prosciutto and his brother Pesci. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Bizarre Adventure. Foo Fighters and Diego Brando. That's a lot of, that sounds like, at least it sounds like a lot of new characters. Yeah, and they come from a variety of the JoJo arcs. Um, something JoJo fans might notice right off the bat there is that there is still no new JoJolian characters. So, mm. Josuke Higashikata is still the only one from that part in the game, which kind of feels like a missed opportunity. But a lot of these characters I'm happy to see in the game. Uh, my favorite of the bunch was probably Prosciutto and Pesci, just because I thought they were the most fun to play. They, Since it's a duo character, you basically yeah. get two characters in one, and they each also have a stand ability. So the move opportunities for them was just fun to experiment with. Okay. But yeah. The, so you mentioned you reviewed it. So what'd you give it? I gave it a 70. Um I I felt like the core gameplay was fun enough to warrant a higher score, but the online was just such a drag that I, I really couldn't go any higher than a 70. Because, you know, that is a major part of the game. I think fighting games live and die by their online. And unfortunately, with All-Star Battle R, the online experience is just not something to look forward to. Yeah, that's that's why I, you know... With uh, with Smash Ultimate, I love Smash to death, 
but dear lord if i reviewed it it would have gotten no more than an eight because <laughs> online is just awful like the game is a 10 but that online is not at all what is so, the yeah. of its parts <laughs> mm-hmm. and that, that yeah that seems to be the case for jojo's bizarre adventure all-star battle rz so there no <laughs> just R. um yeah okay Cool. Well, uh, it is that is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R. I'm not gonna troll it anymore. Uh, <laughs> so you can find that on, I guess, all pretty much all the recent consoles, uh, except the Switch. Maybe it's on the Switch. Is it on the Switch? I believe it is on the Switch. Oh, okay. You can get on the Switch too. Good. Um, Have fun doing combo inputs on a Joy-Con. You know, I've played Smash um, and other um more i guess combo based type of stuff it's not that bad when you're using the uh buttons the button the buttons work better if you're if you're using the actual joystick oh god yeah i I (laughs) couldn't imagine doing a z input on the joystick yeah on the joy con (laughs) (laughs) it's hard enough to do a z input on a ps5 controller yeah it's uh it's hard yeah it's hard but uh, it, but hey, you know it's it's an option. It's there. It is, and it, it's not nearly as bad <laughs> as some would make it out to be. Uh, so yeah, that's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R. All right, let's uh let's talk about David's next game. He's been raring to talk about Steel Rising. Steel Rising, a game you reviewed that is this not too, right? Enough attention, yes. Yes, I did. Uh, This is probably the first review that I've ever had sitting ready to go like a week and a half beforehand, because let me give it to the people over at Spiders. They made sure we had code like way in advance. (laughs) So I had plenty of time to actually review this game and have it ready for embargo. So thank you so much, PR people and Spiders, for having Steel Rising in my hands so that I can enjoy it. And then have it ready and just let it sit there. It's get hmm. all nice and scheduled. <laughs> Love that. Did um, you enjoy it though? Yes, I did. And what's funny is this is coming from someone who doesn't care so much for Souls-like games. And okay. that's what Steel Rising is, is a Souls-like game. It actually kind of threw me off because I got into some of the closed access for the game to try it out. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Because... I absolutely love Greedfall. Can't wait for the second one to come out. It's the perfect Euro janky RPG that I just I just love. And it's got the setting for Greedfall being this colonial fantasy kind of idea that it is just had a really fun. It's I always made jokes that it was colonial Mass Effect or Discount Witcher. One of the two. (laughs) Um, All right. But it, but I love what they did with that. Now, they've kind of did the same thing in Steel Rising where they're putting the setting for you out there and sticking the lore and everything behind it. So, but they're not expecting you to be like, oh, the gameplay is like one of the best things you ever watched. The gameplay, surprisingly, if I had to compare it to Greedfall, the gameplay in Steel Rising is a step ahead of Greedfall. It actually they've actually made given there's not a team that has made a Souls like game yet. 
it actually feels pretty good. It's very hard, as per most Souls likes, but the actual combat's a lot more, I, I guess you'd almost put it more similar to Sekiro in the sense of there's a lot more action basis to it as well as you're you're jumping around a lot more you're you're kind of moving a whole lot with it um but it's the setting that really draws you in it's this french revolution paris but instead of like just it being all about people it's that i forget the i think it's lewis the whatever can't who's the actual king of france at this point but he has had all of these robots, essentially. They're called automats in the game that have been built by him. And it's been almost this steampunk kind of revel industrial revolution kind of thing going on. But now they've been turned into an army. And they're having to repel this invasion. And the queen is kind of stuck. She's been taken away from all of it. And she commissions her bodyguard. She's like, look, this bodyguard will only listen to me. And of course, the weird and the weird thing about this bodyguard who's Aegis, the one you play as, she can actually talk. And she has a little more free will of her own and whatnot compared to these mindless machines. So the queen, since she'll do anything the queen commands, the queen commands her. You need to go and figure out what's going on. You're going to have to go find your creator and convince him to undo all of this. The, the one who's created all these automats. So that's pretty much what you do. You do the normal, you know, character customization, which there's not a whole, whole lot of that, which most Souls games don't really have a whole lot of that anyway. Then you go yeah. in and you pick your class, which really there isn't a lot to that because you just kind of boost in a couple of random stats a specific way. And then you go out and you just that's pretty much your job. One of the coolest things compared to other rogue or not roguelites souls likes where I have a hard time because I, I love the setting of Elden Ring. I love the idea of Elden Ring. I just don't know where I'm going. This game has actual like narrative markers on the map to tell you you need to progress this way. Which is different than any other souls like I've messed around with because, yes, it's still that not specific go this way. Like, all I know for sure is it's in this direction. <laughs> so I got to yeah. find my way to that direction. But at least I know exactly where I'm supposed to be going. And I can use, I can actually, what's cool, they actually make the compass a piece of equipment. So you actually have to flip between it and, like, like say your grenades or whatnot. Uh, but you can actually turn oh, on the compass annoying. and you can find what direction you're supposed to be going in. Like it'll pop up, it'll pop up the the on screen compass essentially no, to let you know what that's the mini map or there is no there's mini map. there's actually no mini map. No actual there's actually what's funny is they have a thing that says map, but it does not actually show you anything beyond this like colorful thing of paris and like the Just, couple of and it kind of shows like the you the different shows you the different locations you've unlocked essentially uh, and what uh. missions are in those locations because mm. interestingly enough as you continue to progress and as you continue to save some of these characters which are characters from history of france actually from history some of them you will actually begin to 
open up little side missions to do to go back to those areas you just went to and to take different paths to figure things out. Like, for instance, one of these men, he wants to leave the country, but he's convinced, look, I know that the robots did not. He's like, I just feel it. They did not kill my wife. I need you to see if you can find her. So you actually have to make this trek around where she was and see if you can pick up her trail and find out where she went. And what's really interesting with all of this is it will actually lead you. These these different quests will lead you into different decisions that you have to make on. Honestly, on once you take out the king, who's going to be ruling? (laughs) Like there are actual questions that get answered through doing these side missions. And there's some side missions where if you have a specific person unlocked, you can talk to them and it will help you to progress through this area a different way. So it's there's not necessarily a ton of that. But there's enough of it that it keeps you interested in it. And and to a degree, I even am like, man, I'd kind of like to run through this on New Game Plus and make a different decision on how yeah. I handle this. Because as with Souls Likes, there's no saving your game and going back to your previous save yeah. in order to make that decision again. <laughs> right. So it's just, it's a, to me, it's a lot of fun. One of the things they did that I think every Souls Like needs, they added an assist mode. So this is not an easy mode per se. But what they have done be is fine if it was, <laughs> and it would be, it would be fine if it was. But what's cool is this assist mode. You can turn down the damage that you take. And you can change the, how quickly your stamina regens. And then there's a couple other options. I believe one of them is like, for instance, you can turn off losing all of the soul, your souls, so to speak, when dying. So, yeah. They're so making you can make game, it in easy mode if you wanted to. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can actually make it so you literally do not take damage at all. <laughs> like oh, that's well, yeah. like so that you can pretty much progress to the thing like an action game if you want to. But I really appreciate that because not necessarily in the sense of just people going overboard with it, but you know, it, this is this is hitting both approachability and accessibility because someone who has a hard time accessing this game you can literally turn damage off so there's you can play the entire game and enjoy the lore and the story that is there without being worried that i'm gonna have trouble pressing certain buttons quick enough or doing certain combos quick enough to be able to do this or somebody like me who just is not because i ended up using the assist mode a bit as i was playing it uh, partially for the review part of it, but partially because, you know, I'm Souls games are not exactly my thing. But the fact that I can adjust that difficulty, to, even to a degree, it's not I'm not specifically adjusting difficulty completely. But the fact that I'm able to make it so that it's more approachable to somebody like me, to me, that opens up your audience significantly because then it's not necessarily just that, okay, man, I just played through this like this, but then I'm like, okay, well, what happens if I tune this down some more? What happens if I tune this down a little bit? And the only thing that you're sacrificing in the end, there are some difficulty based trophies that they do not allow you to earn, which to me, that's, that's a fair trade. 
Yeah, you know? I feel like if I were, you know, using that feature yeah. if, and I was having trouble with that game, I could certainly, okay, I'm just going to have the enemies deal less damage for a little while so I could get used to them. Get used to the timing, get used to all that. And then as it start getting better, I just like, all right, like I'm getting a little bored. I'm gonna crank up the difficulty again. Let's let's play this as as it was intended. Like the I, I like that. That sounds yeah. really good. And, and to me, it's just something that need in my opinion needs to be in almost every Souls like from here on out. Just because I, I not I don't want the game to be made just easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the game to be more approachable and I want the game to be more accessible. And Souls like games are anything but that. And most of them do not have a way to make them accessible. More people would play them if (laughs) it's honestly more money for them for from software in that case. So this this to me is a way to really just open up souls game. The thing is is like you said, you get used to timings and stuff like that. So you're going to have people where this game is going to become more approachable to them. They play through it and then they start taking on souls, the souls franchise or whatnot, and it's easier to them because they were able to kind of, you know, instead of just going into the gym and picking up the 150 pounds barbell they started with the five pound weight and then right. moved up to the 25 pound and they, they, they adjusted themselves up to it. So I love that about this game because, and I really like, I really want to give them just pat on the back for it because to me, it's a, it's a wonderful idea that they've came up with that isn't just, okay, let's just turn on easy mode. Like this is a way to adjust your game as opposed to full on just, okay, we made it easy. So, like, I just, I just really like that. I, I really like that about it. Beyond the yeah, fact that it's just the most incredible setting, in my opinion. Like, they, they just have a thing for picking awesome settings and making the, all, the, <laughs> your, the enemies, the automats, super cool to fight. Like, they're, they're really intricate and really cool. That sounds interesting. <laughs> I don't know about the setting, but <laughs> oh, I love it. French style. Revolution, angry steampunk yeah. robots. I wasn't yeah. totally clear. So is the the protagonist that you play as, are they also an automat? Yes. Yes. Okay. The, the protagonist you play as is an automat that for some reason, which is explained obviously as you go through the story, uh, is an automat that has somewhat of free will and can speak like it, not necessarily free will, but has a, a mind like you can can actually process things. And because of the queen's command, you are to you have to go and figure things out and essentially fight your kin, as it were. Okay. Interesting. All right, that is Steel Rising. That is developed by Spiders, published by uh, Nacon, I believe that is, and mm-hmm. uh, Big Ben Interactive. Yep, and it I gave it an eighty-five out of a hundred. I thought uh-huh. it was great. So before we started this. It didn't sound like it was an 85 <laughs> when you mentioned it, but uh, okay, yeah, that 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 is good. All right, I might I might have to give it a shot. Maybe give it a few hours or so. Doesn't sound like a game I finished, but it seems like something I would be interested in at least checking out. The the yeah. assist the assist mode especially makes it a lot easier to check check out if if you're not try it without it first. Yeah, yeah. I suck which I, I could games, do things but. without it. It just obviously you do that and then it's like, oh, OK, cool. This is making it a little easier for me to progress and not rip my hair out 
<laughs> Which, uh, I hate the fact that I, I say I suck at Souls games because I grew up with like 2D, like super hard games. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm not afraid of hard games, but these Souls games just kick my butt in ways that I'm like, this is so frustrating because I, I, I'm better than that. I, I grew up with the hard stuff. Why is this so difficult? It's just know, a different beast. It is a different beast, but I don't know why it's a different beast. <laughs> But I mean, like you me. mentioned, I mean, more people playing games is always going to be a good thing. So the, always those it's, it's a win win for everybody. Yeah, I dig it. Options. All right. Uh, all right. That was still rising. Let's talk about Temtem. So then I we're talk about John John. John John. Wait, what? <laughs> I just made a terrible joke. Don't don't mind me. <laughs> we're talking about one of those. I was like, talk about John John. Just gonna mute him for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was. It was just one of those jokes. I was like, that David is really good about like knowing about all forms of multimedia. I am like, I am video games, sports, and like that's kind of it. That's where that's where my life is. Maybe a little music here and there, but David's like all over the map. He's he's. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the TVs and movies and stuff. So I was like, "There, this is a joke I do not get. I, I can't, I can't, I can't even pretend to think I know, I know that one." Uh, so Temtem, this is the uh, Pokemon MMO basically that has mm. launched officially. It officially came out on consoles. It officially launched on PC. It's been in. Um, early access on Steam for uh, maybe a maybe a couple of years, maybe a year and a half or so, maybe maybe somewhere somewhere in that window. It's been in early access, so it had its official launch last week, and so it's on Game Pass. Decided to try it. I've been wanting to play it, and it is Pokemon. It it feels like Pokemon. It oh, it is it, it is Pokemon, and it. It does a few things that is different, but overall, I am enjoying it because it feels fresh again. I am so used to Pokemon. <laughs> I could recite pretty much prob at one point in my life I could recite all 151 Pokemon from red and blue in order. Just I just knew the Pokedex, knew the type advantages, like I just knew Pokemon to that level. I can't do that now. But it's nice to play something that feels like Pokemon that isn't Pokemon and it still feels fresh because it does a lot of similar things and it feels familiar but it's just divergent enough to feel different. So Temtem starts off the exact same way as Red and Blue does in terms of like you are a kid and you live in a house and you have a mom and you are uh, going to set off on your first day of getting a Temtem, which is just like Pokemon Red, like, all right, you're old enough to have a Pokemon, so it's time to go get your Pokemon. So it's time to go get your Temtem. So you get your Temtem, and you know, there's a professor who is, you know, good at studying Temtem just like Pokemon. <laughs> and <laughs> there is a rival you have, and you battle them just off the get-go. But the difference is, is you get your butt whooped. Unlike Pokemon, you do not lose in Pokemon unless you make a mistake. In this one, I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, frick, I just lost. I was like, okay, you just set the tone. <laughs> this, this is going to be like Pokemon. 
but it's going to feel a little different. So everything else from that point is super familiar. How do you get Pokemon? You run through tall grass. You get into random battles and you weaken the Temtem in order. And pardon me if I ever confuse Temtem and Pokemon. That will probably happen once or twice while I'm talking about this. But you, yeah, you all, you run through tall grass. You weaken Temtem in order to capture them. You throw what's called Tem cards, which come in different forms, just like Pokeballs, Great Balls, Ultra Balls, and things like that. You have different forms of Tem cards. Uh, I haven't even gotten that far to get a different one at this point, but. Um, so you capture them, you use them, you fight them, you battle, all that stuff. Everything in that regard is just the same as Pokemon. And it feels different in the sense of it's an MMO. So the one thing you'll see is you'll see a lot of other people just running around doing the same thing, right? They're like running through the grass, trying to level up their Temtem. They are you know, moving on to the next city, they are fighting the dojos, they, the, you know, the, you'll see all the action and it, it feels more alive than Pokemon because you see all these people doing things. I haven't noticed that you're able to interact with them or not. I have tried to approach a few people and you can see like their stats kind of, but you can't really like, and maybe I'm doing something wrong, but there's a chat. Yeah, I was going to ask far- if there was any way to uh, interact with all these people that you're seeing. Yeah, so there is a chat. There is, there is a chat, and you can do a local chat. You can do a you know, global chat, things like that. And, but in terms of like just running up on somebody and just be like, yo, let's battle, I, I didn't see anything like that, which, is, I mean, that's probably a good thing because it's, especially since it's so early, you have no idea what kind of level these people are. So they could be, I've seen some people who have Temtem. I haven't even seen in the areas you could get. So I'm like, okay, there seems to be some revisiting mechanics going on here where you could be much further, but you come back to a certain area for whatever reason. It could be something like that. Very similar to Pokemon where, you know, by the, you know, if you're in, Pokemon Red, for example, by the time you get to Seafoam Islands, you can just ride, surf all the way back to Pallet Town if you wanted to. Um, but yeah, other than that, like that's the feel of the MMO. It has a battle pass um, where you can get cosmetics. Sure. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> it's a paid game. Um, it's harmless. It doesn't Fair. seem super expensive um i haven't really seen a lot of people make use of it i haven't seen a bunch of people who have cosmetics from the battle pass so yeah they got a store that you can buy clothes and it rotates at a certain point so every day you got a little indicator showing you hey there's new stuff in the stores like okay yeah so there's that but the differences of temtem are uh very interesting. So let's talk about the one thing I found the most interesting, which I wish Pokemon would have picked this up earlier. While you're fighting, let's say, let's talk Pokemon for a moment. Let's say you got a Charmander, level 16, it evolves into Charmeleon, right? Usually when you're in a battle, if you level up to level 16, Charmander will not evolve into Charmeleon until the battle is over. 
Yes. In Temtem, when your Temtem reaches the level it needs to evolve, it evolves during the battle. Oh, wow. So you get to keep using it while without, you know, so you can still use it in that battle, which is pretty dope. I was like, oh, yeah, that, I didn't even expect that to happen. I, I don't know when these Temtem evolve yet and all that, but it is one of them evolved and it was like, oh, yeah, he just evolved right now during the battle. I'm still fighting. I can still choose moves and things like that, which I, I thought was an interesting tactic. I don't know if that's going to be something that happens during PvP type of stuff because the way Pokemon does PvP is, let's say you got a level 21 Pokemon and you want to do PvP, it automatically levels you up to like 50 or 100 or whatever style you want. So you get to just have the benefits of that with the current move set you have. But if Temtem does that, that I mean, that's, that's going to be pretty interesting, at least. That changes the dynamic of battle. Or if at least you're doing PvE, your Temtem might be on the ropes and it evolves. And that just might give you the little bit of edge that you need to finish the fight and go heal and do all that other stuff. So I thought that was interesting. The other thing about battles is in Pokemon, every move has a certain amount of uses. Right. So, you know, hydro pumps, you only got five hydro pumps and you got to go to a Pokemon Center or use the ether to get those power points back to use it again. In Temtem, all your moves are used based on stamina and each mm. move has a certain amount of stamina taken. So a Temtem has 35 stamina. One move can cost 17 stamina. And yeah. so it's like standard kind of RPG magic kind of stuff. Very much so. Um, Pokemon is more classic RPG style, whereas uh, this is a mix of modern and like some older versions. So uh, I thought that was really interesting. What happens, you can even, let's say you have 11 stamina left and you have an attack that's 17 stamina and you decide to use it, you can use it and it will work. But your punishment is you will take some damage and you will get exhausted, meaning you basically can't do anything next turn except rest. So every turn, everybody, like every time everybody does their move, you get a little bit of stamina back and you have the option to rest your Temtem for a turn to get some more stamina back. So in case you're losing stuff. So I thought that was an interesting mechanic. What I don't find interesting and i find very weird is that some moves actually have a cooldown so you won't be able to use a move until the second or the third turn sometimes mm. and i don't get why that's there when they have the stamina feature yeah, you've already got stamina so one of my temtem has a move called hypnosis very familiar for pokemon fans it costs 20 stamina this temtem has 23 stamina so if i use it I mean, that, takes, that leaves me with three stamina and all the rest of my moves are more than three stamina. So that's my punishment for using it, right? That works for me. I can't use it until three turns. So by that time, I've already used some stamina to attack. And so by the time I'm able to use hypnosis, I still can't use it because I don't have enough stamina because I've been attacking and resting and all that. So now I have to wait a few turns to use the hypnosis and then... I have to wait a few turns to get more stamina back so I can do more stuff. 
So it, I don't know. That's weird. I feel like maybe the trade-off they're looking for is you keep lower stamina attacks for this really big stamina thing. I don't know. The nice thing is if you delete a move, you can just bring a move back. So it's not like in Pokemon, you delete a move, it's gone. Uh, yeah. You, you could just literally just drag and drop that move right back in there and you just that's swap cool. moves. So that yeah, is that's, nice. That is super nice. <laughs> so um, I, don't, I don't know if you decide not to learn a brand new move that if it goes into that move pool, I haven't tried that because I've been too scared not to. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to delete this move. Um, so I'll, I'll probably try that just to see if it works. But uh, so yeah, those those are some interesting things. The uh, the hardest part about all this though is learning the new Temtem because they are not memorable. Um, the one thing about Pokemon they got right was naming them. And the way they created them. Charmander is a fire type. It's in the name. Char. It's in the look. He's got a little fire thing on his tail. He's orange. What do you think Swayze is? I couldn't even yeah. begin to guess. It's a I'm melee type. He's, <laughs> yeah. Like Patrick, maybe? Roadhouse. <laughs> maybe i don't know that's my only connection at this point <laughs> but there's there's so many temtem that have these names that i'm like i what what is this i don't remember any of them except for my starter and i'm not even sure if i said that name right so <laughs> i'm like there's i have no connection with this this is you know squirtle it squirts water okay and it's blue and it's a turtle it makes sense Swayze's a monkey that's orange and it's a melee type. It looks like a fire type, but it's not. And then the different types they have are interesting because obviously they take from Pokemon. You know, you got fire, you got water, you got electric. But instead of grass, they got nature. Instead of fighting, they got melee. Instead of psychic, they got mental. Instead of crystal or rock, they have crystal. But then what is effective against others kind of doesn't make sense so in i won't say doesn't make sense it's not as obvious so you have the typical you know fire beats water water beats fire simple stuff but then it's like uh what was the other one so melee beats crystal okay i guess like it kind of if you punch crystal hard enough it it breaks sure i guess that could make sense. All right. Flying is uh, super effective against toxic, which is the poison type, which I'm like, okay, uh, I guess if you blow the toxicity away, sure. Like you just, maybe. So it's that sort of stuff. It's like, ah, okay. I guess this kind of makes sense in some ways and other ways it doesn't. So it suffers from that sort of stuff. But uh it's a fine game. I am enjoying it. I want to play more of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything else is, I mean, you will, you will see the Pokemon all over that game and uh, it doesn't hurt it, but uh, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to play something not on switch. What's that? Yeah. 
you know. It, it's nice that you did. You weren't stuck on the Switch. It, it's on multiple consoles, right? Yeah, yes. that's what I was just gonna say. It must be nice playing a Pokemon Light game that's not Nintendo. I mean, I like Pokemon, so <laughs> I have no problem being stuck to the Switch playing Pokemon. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is refreshing, maybe. It is, and it's refreshing that I have to actually like remember and learn stuff. Like I got the type chart up all the time. I'm trying to remember this stuff, and you know, I'm every new Temtem I find is something new. I'm like, I don't know what this type is. Let's play around with it for a little bit. Ooh, what's this move I just got? I want to use it. Like I haven't had that feeling in a very long time because I just know Pokemon. So they've they've done well with this game in that it works. It's it's fundamentally familiar, but there are some differences that, that keep things interesting, and I like that. All right. David, you got some news for us. Yes. Let's talk some news. Well, the biggest thing is, is this week has been very busy because we had a Nintendo Direct that came out of left field that was like, oh, hey, by the way, Nintendo Direct tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And then PlayStation was like, oh, hey, by the way, state of play tomorrow. You <laughs> hope you're That's ready true. and then thankfully i've been waiting for a while for call of duty next which was today and we got to see i guess the craziest thing with call of duty next is i've been so used to just straight up standard multiplayer events there were three different games announced here with yeah some pretty sweet modes shown off here like i'm not used to getting all the Call of Duty information on everything that isn't the campaign in one event. So it's yeah. really, really cool to see. Uh, but we'll start with Nintendo since they started the day off. Uh, first up on the docket, they announced Endless Dungeon, which is a procedurally generated roguelite that's set in space. And roguelites. You and to, yep. You and up to three of your friends will be able to work together to make it out of a space station overrun by monsters, which is coming mm -hmm. out in 2023. Uh, as per Good usual, stuff. Just Dance 2023 coming out because, you know, Just Dance always comes out. It's <laughs> it's it's at this point. Now, the interesting thing is it sounds like they're going into seasons and I think a battle pass or something like that with it or I don't so know. They, yeah, I haven't seen the information on that. They do have Just Dance Unlimited, which basically is a subscription. Yeah. Uh, you could pay well, know per month that gives you access to all the songs. Yeah, they're definitely doing seasons, though. That's something I definitely remember from the trailer. And the hmm. only thing that I could think about is if there was like a battle pass for something like that of how tired I would be trying to get to tier 100. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my biggest yeah, takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be the battle pass challenges? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they've already had challenges. Get 100% perfect on Justin Bieber's baby 15 times. Yeah. <laughs> they've already had challenges uh, related yeah. to earning coins in the game. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, it, it was just one of those things of just, just, it's not a game that I immediately think, oh yeah, pass. <laughs> No, it's not. I it, and I don't know that there is a pass, but I know there are seasons, so my head immediately goes to like battle pass. Uh, um, I hope there's not a battle pass. Yeah. Um fitness boxing fist of the north star is a workout game coming for the Switch in March of 2023. So, okay. uh, I 
I kind of know what Fist of the North Star is. I just never thought it would be a part of a fitness boxing game. Um, Only Nintendo could figure this stuff out. Yep, exactly. Uh, Oddballers, a party game that supports up to six local players locally and online. It's got a lot of mini games, lots of customization, fun stuff like that coming in 2023. Always good to have extra party games. Uh, Ib, really super creepy looking, almost looks like it was drawn in Microsoft Paint. Uh, it's a creepy adventure game that's set in an art gallery, and it's coming to Switch. And it did not look like it belonged on Switch from the trailer that I saw. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get that Fatal Frame comes to Switch, but like, this is like super jarring. So I don't know. It's it's weird. I mean, they they got all kinds of like waifu like weird. <laughs> this is not this is not anything that you want to be a waifu like. No, I'm just saying like the type of stuff that you will find on Switch is at, yeah. very disparate to what you think the yeah. Switch is. You don't want to go to that corner of the eShop. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That, that dark alley. Yeah. Uh, Factorio. It tasks players with surviving mm. on a strange planet with strong production lines. So you're actually you you crash land and then you immediately decide to start capitalism. So that makes sense. Uh, as you grow your operation, you'll be at risk from the planet's wildlife, so you'll have to fight those off. Seems like a fun little management game. Uh, you can also join up with friends in cooperative cross-platform multiplayer, and it's going to launch in October of this year on the 28th. So, you know, you get two day, you get to play, it's going up against Modern Warfare, so that's certainly going to go well. Um, Radiant Silver Gun actually is bringing mm. the 1998 arcade plastic is back. Yeah. Here's the thing. It actually launched the same day as the Nintendo oh. Direct. So it's already on oh, the eShop. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So it yeah. is already available for people. Uh, Square Enix managed to one-up themselves in stupid names by making a game called Various Daylife. <laughs> which okay. is a new immersive RPG that is available that today. Uh, that should have <laughs> been a or, sim or two days ago. Yeah. Oh, that should have been a sim. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. it's an immersive RPG that features. Here's the thing, though: job progression, strategic exploration, and an innovative battle system. But Final Fantasy has jobs, so yep. that doesn't count. I want that <laughs> game to be The Sims, just not The Sims. You know how their city skylines. I want various day life to be that for The Sims. Yep. Rune God, Factory that's such a great 3. names. <laughs> yeah. It's a great name. <laughs> Rune Factory 3 is getting new life in 2023 and a new Rune Factory is being made. Uh Rune Factory 3 it was first released on Nintendo DS in Japan in 2009, so it's coming to the Switch now because, you know, the Switch is a perfect console to bring all these old games that we always like to play back in the day on our old Nintendo products and play them now. Yeah. So uh, it's going to have players farming, building relationships with locals, caring for monsters, much more, even a new mode that will let you enjoy quality time with your in-game spouse. And I'm pretty sure I would get punched in the face if my yeah. actual spouse saw me doing that. <laughs> I guess it depends on the type of quality time you are spending with that in-game No, she spouse. would punch me in the face because I wasn't spending quality time with her. Instead. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. Additionally, like I said, Brand new Room Factory game coming. I mean, that <laughs> hits different than you playing Call of Duty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. 
Cosmic Shake. It swims to Nintendo Switch in 2023. That one looks like fun. And it has the show's voice actors actually playing a role in the voiceovers for the game. So that's nice. The Danganronpa creators have announced a new Master Detective Archives Rain Code. That one actually looked really, really interesting. Uh, it's Master Detective Archives Rain Code. It casts players as an amnesiac detective Yuma as they work to solve crimes in a corporate-controlled metropolis that never stops raining. Comes out in spring 2023. That's one I would definitely suggest. Check out the trailer if you get a chance because that one just looks like a really interesting, odd kind of game. Almost There's a specific game that I can think of that was on the iPad and on the DS where you played as a ghost and you were trying to affect the world around you. And I can't mm. remember it, it was yeah, to help kind of kind of save people or whatnot, <sighs> but it was a really fun little game and it kind of reminds me of that, even though it's not the same thing. Yeah. So I, I could see that. You yeah, said it that was showing was made by, you said that game's made by Spike Chunsoft. Uh, if they're the ones that make Dank and Rapa, Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I like their products, so I'm interested in that. Yeah, like I said, it, I I'm not into that style of game, so for it to grab my attention, in, in my opinion, that's a a means it's a, a pretty cool looking product. Uh, Tales of Symphonia is getting yeah. <laughs> more. So, Give it. <laughs> I just want to know if this is the PC port because the PC port wasn't great. So if they remastered it for the Switch, like it works well on the Switch, hey, yeah, give it to me. Well, considering they say we'll let fans of the GameCube title experience the game's adventure once more, hopefully that means it's getting ported over from there. Okay. So ho- Sounds hopefully. good to me. Yeah. Uh, apparently we already had an Atlier game that came out, but another one is coming out. Atlier Ryza 3 Alchemist to the End and The Secret Key will sail to the Switch on early in early 2023. So Ryzen 11 Heroes will set off on an adventure in the Atlier Ryza 3 long subtitle to explore the mystery behind the islands that have appeared out of nowhere. And it launches on February 24th. <laughs> February 24th, okay. Yep. Uh, Front Mission remakes are coming. Got to f- look at those. And they're also they're releasing the first game in November, Second one in 2023, and they reconfirmed Front Mission 3 is also being worked on as a remake, which I only played the action mech one that was on, I believe, PlayStation 3. So might want to I might want to go back and check that out. Uh, Cool thing. Sifu is coming to the switch in November. So be prepared to chuck your switch out a window on accident because you're so mad that you died a little too early in the action brawler coming out November 8th. So you get one day between it and God of war. Uh, I love Sifu. So good. <laughs> I love that game. It's, it is a, it is a fantastic game. Fantastic. Like, just like, such, a cool, such a cool concept. That they oh, came I up love with. it. Yeah. It was frustrating. That second level is frustrating, but uh, <laughs> once you get it, that second level prepares you for the rest of the game. So if you yep. get through that second level, trust me, you will be fine. The rest of the game. Get through the second level. Promise. You'll be yes. fine. <laughs> it Takes Two comes to the Nintendo Switch on November 4th. So that's, that all that's the kids really can, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although, well, just from I, like a cooperative. Find out about what, ha- what all the kids are going to find divorce, out what happens like, when their yeah. parents divorce. Um, 
<laughs> I, 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 that's a great addition to, for the Switch, though. That, that yes. just makes sense. <laughs> uh, the cool thing is, is it, the game can be played on one system, two systems via local wireless or online, and they are including the friend pass that lets you gift a free copy to your co-op buddy. So hey. it is really cool that they are making it work uh, for the Nintendo Switch and co-op the same way. Yeah. Uh, nothing's being taken away. Uh, as well as another game that has been on another console and coming to the Switch, Tunic comes mm. to the Nintendo Switch on September 27th. It's already a phenomenal game. We gave it a hundred this year. It was just fantastic. And not only is it coming on to PlayStation on that day, but it's also coming to the Nintendo Switch. And that's the kind of game that to me perfectly fits on the Nintendo Switch. Perfect. Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. First time it has ever made its way over from Japan. It was released in Japan in 2008, and it is coming to the Nintendo Switch in early 2023. Uh, so you can photograph ghosts in an abandoned hospital, because if that sounds like fun to you, so is that does not sound like fun to me. <laughs> actual 2008 version, or did they do anything to spruce it up a bit? Um, I would assume that they've spruced it up a little bit, but they do not say much more on what they it have done just to the is. game. So. Yeah. It probably just is. It's Nintendo. Yep. Uh, Harvestella got a demo during the Nintendo Direct ahead of its November 4th release date. It was one of many farming games that got announced that day because Jeff Keighley loves to talk about space horror games and Nintendo loves to talk about farming games. So, because it's a great right place to play that, a farming game. Fay Farm, an RPG with a mix of magic and farming got an go. it's a farm sim that's up to four players it mixes magic with the fun of building and caring for your own farm so yeah. and then again harvest moon a wonderful life it's getting a remake as stories of seasons a wonderful life coming in summer of 2023 because lord knows you don't have enough farming sims to play already hey if you've already done everything in animal crossing you got work to do pile them exactly up. exactly crazy enough resident evil is village is coming to the switch it is unfortunately coming in cloud form so you are going to have to deal with possible server queues but at least you can play it that not only it's is that coming, but Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, it. Resident Evil 2, and Resident Evil 3 remakes are also coming to the Switch in cloud form. So <laughs> that'd be worth it. Lots that'd of Resident Evil. Option, I suppose. Just, but it is an option. Just, if you've only got a Switch, it's an yeah, option. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm all for options, but we need good options. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Splatoon 3, first Splatfest. You got to choose between gear, grub, or fun. As somebody said, you know, if you choose fun, well, I guess I'll be burying you with my gear. <laughs> so. Hey, the Rock, Paper, Scissors <laughs> Splatfest was amazing. I'm like, <laughs> why didn't they come up with this Splatfest before? That, that was a fantastic one. For sure. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Wave 2 of the DLC, adds in a new mechanical hero called Eno. So our own David Flynn will have more hundreds of hours to put into the video game that he's yes, already he put hundreds of hours in. <laughs> uh, Mario, more hundreds. Mario Strikers Battle League gets a second free update, which will add Pauline and Diddy Kong to the roster, as well as new hmm. gear, new stadium, striker ranking, customization options, and more. Mm -hmm. And then the Nintendo Switch Sports 
It's finally getting its golf mode. But you are going to have to wait a little bit for it because they were originally planning on November and it is now moved to winter or holiday. That's what they've said. Um, and when it does come, it's going to bring with it the 21 holes from the Wii Sports series. But the cool thing is it's actually going to let you play with friends locally and up to eight players online in survival golf, which it almost look almost like a golf battle royale. You're trying to finish everything as fast as you possibly can. So it's speed so, golf, except it gets, you know, X amount of number of people. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm That's assuming at least from what I saw. Uh, wave three of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's booster course pass. It includes tracks from Mario Kart Tour and Mario Kart DS. So more portable tracks are making their way over to Mario Kart. I love Mario uh, Kart Crisis, DS. So I'm looking forward to that. Interestingly, Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion got its release date at the Nintendo Direct. It's coming on December the 13th. So a lot faster than some people may have thought it was coming, but they already said it was coming that quickly. Uh, we found out GoldenEye is getting exclusive online okay. multiplayer via the Switch. Yeah. We're probably going to have to pause here for a moment. <laughs> yep. Uh, let me go ahead and say the other games. There's multiple Mario Party Pokemon Stadium games uh, with several oh, other yeah. different ones like 1080 Snowboarding and Excite Bike 64. Hey, 1080 is legit. But Goldeneye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goldeneye. Uh, it's for, so Goldeneye has split screen multiplayer. And it sounds Switch. like the, yes, it has split screen multiplayer. And it sounds like what is essentially happening is because the Switch is already doing some different things with its emulation when it comes to the Nintendo 64 titles to enable online play, it is using the same tricks to somewhat trick the game to play online. So it's more that Nintendo already has everything kind of set up to make it easy for this to happen. So sadly, the game is coming to Game Pass, but it will only feature local co-op. Now, the funny thing is, from what I understand, it sounds like even if you're playing online on the Switch, you're going to be stuck in that four-player co-op look. So, so you'd be playing two players, but you have it's stuck you, but in you four? Can actually, you can still screen. Essentially, they want to keep the true GoldenEye experience and you be able to screen cheat even playing online. Uh, so <laughs> wonderful it, it, and it's like i said it's because it's essentially it sounds almost like it is tricking the four-player local yeah. co-op into thinking it is playing online that is so, uh you know it's janky but if it works it works yeah no i i give the developers credit for figuring something out that that's that's pretty clever but uh yeah. uh i think also part of the reason is uh, Steven Totillo had posted something on Twitter talking about how the golden eye on the switch is obviously the original, you know, at 64 yep. version, but the yep. golden eye on Xbox might not be that original N64 version. Cause he was looking at the credits at the bottom of the trailer stuff. And it's like completely different publishers and developers. So it's like, uh, the golden eye for Xbox, like MGM, like all the current owners and stuff. And then you look at the credits for the N64 one on the switch and it's like, uh, I, I you know, I forget yeah, obviously rare and stuff that's on both, but, uh, it, it, it was different. It, MGM was nowhere to be found on that one. So it was like, I'm wondering huh. if they had to pretty much build a version of that game essentially 
for the mm, for like Xbox recreated a little there bit. There was essentially yeah, fine. Essentially, they ported it is the the easiest way to kind of put it. But yeah, maybe. So so uh, it, my my other guess would be it was some sort of deal struck between Nintendo and Xbox of Rare being like, hey, look, we'll put in the work, we'll get it all kind of set up since we're with Xbox. We want this on Xbox. So if you'll just allow us to use that code to remake it, we'll make sure it's available on both. That yeah, um, that sounds like a likely. So that, that's just me guessing. That's just me guessing, but I would yeah. be willing to bet that's a pretty good guess. Yeah. Now that that sounds like it makes sense, but it also probably, you know, works into the idea of like there's no multiplayer for the Xbox version, yeah. which, which uh, you know, at the end of the because, day, it's golden eye. They're gonna people are gonna enjoy it for a little bit and then move on to you know whatever the next and we're, thing and is. We're not exactly talking about a remake of this game. No, it's, it's the no, it's thing. not at all. This no. is this is going to be what you remember. And yeah. no, it's not going to be I'm what you be, remember because <laughs> what you remember is going to be much better. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be way honestly I expect it like somebody said and it, it was kind of true they said look I don't know why you care about online multiplayer you're going to play this for 2 minutes realize how bad it actually is and then go back to playing other games and they're yeah. not exactly wrong and it's just it's not that it's bad it's just that it's outdated I think I said that it's outdated on Discord <laughs> you may have <laughs> But it is. It, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's outdated at this point. Yes, it, is. it yeah, created yeah. what we know today, and that's fine. But because of the style of game it is, that means it doesn't work today. Right. Mario Super Mario Brothers Three works because that style just it, it ages well. <laughs> it it yeah. ages well. The what Goldeneye is does not age well. Most no, most. Like in all, in all fairness, most 3D games at this point do not age well. Uh, well, yeah, but even mechanically, GoldenEye doesn't yeah. work well, which they were working with what they had. So the credit to credit to a uh, uh, free radical. Well, it was rare, obviously, but who yeah. became free radical and who kept that style in you know time splitters and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, they made it work, and it was fun. It was great. They made it work in Perfect Dark. It was fun. It was great. So. Yeah. Um, it's just, it does not work. Did you know yep. somebody is making a, uh, almost a golden eye, perfect dark, uh, esque game on steam mm. while keeping the original mechanics, like wow. aiming mechanics and things like that. Uh, I forget the name of it, but, uh, like the look, the feel, the way the objectives are done and all that. I'm like, Oh, mm. Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> That's not something you want to relive. Do, there are better things to copy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm is coming back, y'all. Oh, there's more. Yes, <laughs> we were going to the state of Nintendo play. had no. Nintendo <laughs> actually had 40 minutes to fill out, and they filled it out. Oh, I didn't uh, realize. It was 40 in minutes. all, good lord. In all fairness, like it wasn't like necessarily like the greatest showcase in terms of man every game is a banger every game is something everyone's when you have that play. many no but it was yeah. a but it was still a good show like i thought it was a really yeah. good solid show especially what happens at the end of it which we will get to uh final fantasy theater rhythm final bar it's actually not just coming to nintendo switch but also coming i believe to playstation 4 and it is releasing on nintendo switch in february and final it's going bar. to have 385 songs it's the ultimate celebration of the franchise's music, which if you haven't played a theater rhythm game, it's essentially the click it to the beat kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So Hit the uh, right Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3, we got a new trailer for that. So if you're interested in Bayonetta 3, 
it comes out the same day as Modern Warfare on October 28th. Yes, it does. Crazy enough, Octopath Traveler 2 is coming out. So if you enjoyed the first one, this one looks really, really cool with the 2D HD art style. It's coming out actually very soon, February the 24th. Okay. With a whole new group of heroes and a brand new story to experience in the world of Celestia. And it will be coming not only to Switch, but to PC, PS5, and PlayStation 4. Which is very interesting because the original game is not even available on the PlayStation console. So that's a pretty crazy thing. And uh, and Octopath Traveler was on Game Pass. Yep. It's on Xbox and yet it's not on Octopath Traveler 2. So. Right. Interesting. Um, of course, something that both Anthony and I are both very excited about. Kirby's oh. Return to <gasps> Dreamland Deluxe. Bring me back. Brings the Wii Classic to the Switch. I'm very excited for that. And it is bringing four-player multiplayer so we can play us some Is it online? At some point. Uh, I believe so. Because Kirby games for sure. do tend to not be online <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, I, so. Maybe since they're bringing it to the Switch. But it's going to be released on February 24th, along with okay. a bunch of games. February 24th is a, apparently a very popular game for Nintendo uh, day for Nintendo Switch games. Um, Fire Emblem. That was kind of a big mm. surprise. We're getting a new Fire Emblem game that has one of the most terrible names in the Fire Emblem franchise in Fire Emblem Engage. Yeah, it's, it's plain. I was... It, it was very plain. plain compared to the other games, uh, but it is actually coming out on January 20th of okay. 2023. So that is only a few months away, which is just very surprising to me, considering we I believe it was was it last year that we got three houses or whatever it was? Uh, or was it the year before I that? I think it was the year before that. Okay. Because they came but, out with the Fire Emblem, uh, yeah. uh, the whatever that style of game is called. And then, well, then there's Fire up. Emblem Warriors that came out this year, and that's probably more why I feel more surprised that we're already getting a Fire Emblem game, is just because the Warriors game just recently released. So, but still, I mean, to get it in January, that's that's very quick for Nintendo's kicking it. Yeah, three houses really, was 2019. Okay, so. In any case, Nintendo is kicking it and like it just it very rarely feels like there's a hole in their release schedule. Even if it's not necessarily the largest game, Nintendo always feels like they've got some good stuff coming. There is a lot uh, of people who would disagree with you, but we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pikmin 4 is finally coming out. Mm. Supposedly. Yeah, At least no. <laughs> it's been said. Oh, <laughs> but. Miyamoto did stop by and say that it is coming in 2023. I'm pretty sure Corvo is very excited. Always <laughs> down for some more Pikmin. <laughs> and then, of course, the biggest thing is that the sequel to Breath of Metroid the Wild. Metroid Prime! No, just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that made a lot of people sad. What's funny is that Retro Studios changed their Twitter header, and everybody was like, it's happening! It's yeah. happening! And Jeff Grubb was like, oh, hey, there's going to be... And I feel bad, because sometimes you just get bad information. But then there was like, oh, there's going to be ports for Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. <laughs> and I'm like, there's not enough time in the show for that. And then I was waiting, and I was like, oh, here's Metroid. And I was like, wait, this isn't Metroid. This looks like Zelda. Oh, maybe it's the port. Oh, wait, no. I recognize that piano. 
mainly yeah. because it's nope. like one no key pianos in Metroid. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the but sequel yeah. to Breath of the Wild is called The Legend of Zelda, and I don't know if it's Tears or Tears. I don't know if Tears. that's been confirmed yet, but Tears of the Kingdom. And here's the fun thing. It's actually coming out May the 12th is the release date. That so, does seem like an odd date for Zelda, but it hey, it's does. Um, it's probably my guess is they're probably going ahead and factoring in an extra two month delay and just going ahead. and Let's just go to May. But the fun thing is, is at least it keeps other games out of the way. Since That's it what is I was a, a month where nobody else is. Yeah. Uh, not that Zelda has to worry. If anything, I'm a publisher, like sighing very dramatically. Like, thank God they did not drop in February or March <laughs> because yeah. you know we're going to have, like, it already looks like a plethora of games. I mean, supposedly Star Wars Jedi Survivor is going to land somewhere in that January through April timeline. We already know Dead Space is coming. Uh, there's countless other titles that we know have been delayed into that area. It's the beginning of next year looks ridiculous. Thank goodness Zelda is not sticking itself in the middle of that. The only other thing that I have wondered and thought is what if Nintendo has some uh, hardware on the back burner that they want to launch a Zelda game with? You never know. Uh, yeah. Mm. You never know. Tinfoil hat, maybe. I don't. I don't. I'll, I'll put on my tinfoil hat for that at least. But I feel like if, I don't expect if the, it <laughs> I feel like if they were going to announce it in that way, they would have announced the hardware. They never they didn't announce the switch until January and it came out at the end of February. So judging by recent console, yeah, judging by recent consoles. It could That's very much announce the switch. That's when it happened. It was that it was I remember because I was painting my house and I did not get the keys until January of that year. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, they announced it very quickly. I've been playing Splatoon three and uh, man, that hardware (laughs) is feeling old right now. That that's part of why I'm like, you know what? It might be time. It might be time. Moving on to PlayStation which thankfully is only 10 games long. But wait, Nintendo was saying just recently that they're like halfway through their <laughs> Switch cycle. So, yeah, I don't... I look, hmm. We will yeah, see, because like, like we said, it's very dated. It is. And you can still be halfway through your Switch cycle and introduce a new Switch. I guess you could. So, I don't know. I'll, I, I won't tenfold hat anymore. <laughs> Yep, exactly. We're still selling the Game Boy and the Game Boy Pocket and the Game Boy Micro, but hey, here's the Game Boy Color. Yep. Exactly. Neo Developer announces open world samurai game that isn't Neo. (laughs) Rise of the Ronin. It's a open world samurai game that is exclusive to the PlayStation 5, and it is coming in 2024 if you get a chance. Look at the trailer. That trailer looks awesome. It's set during the modernization period of Japan. I am very much looking forward to that. Uh, They actually recently attributed Ghost of Tsushima as opening up the avenues to what what a game based in Japan like that can do. So I'm very, very excited to see what that developer comes up with. I mean, they 
Team Ninja does some great stuff. So very, yeah. very excited for that. Uh, Project Eve. It's been renamed Stellar Blade. That game looks stylish as crap. And I am all here for it. Looks awesome. Uh, Project Eve, it was a shiny looking action game that was shown off last year from Korean studio Shift, Shift Up. And Sony has entered into a publishing deal with them and they have made that game exclusive, which was is very interesting considering it was originally coming to the Xbox One. So my guess is Sony just entered into a publishing agreement, funded the project, and here we are. Very good. Really cool futuristic looking setting, uh, some really cool gameplay and cinematics that we saw. If you get a chance, look at the trailer. Uh, Sin Duality, latest game from Bandai Namco. It's a third-person mech shooter that looks kind of like Nier Automata a little bit, but just more colorful and a little more spaced to it. Uh, trailer looks like it showed that it will be coming out in 2023. Uh, PlayStation Stars loyalty program, that's starting to roll out this month. I believe in Asian territories is what they said with it coming just a little bit later afterwards into our territory, which for those who don't know, PlayStation stars is essentially a Microsoft rewards type program where you can earn currency in exchange for your gameplay, as well as they are doing some digital collectibles that you can, I'm assuming they're going to have a way to show them off maybe in your profile or whatnot to be able to say, hey, you know, I earned this, I got this, I did this, blah, blah, blah. One would assume that it probably started out as NFTs and then someone's, and then they saw the backlash of NFTs and was like, nope, we are not doing that, but we're not going to take all that work and throw it down the toilet. Yeah, so. For sure. <laughs> um, Ironwood Studios announced Pacific Drive, which looks like driving around in the post-apocalypse. It is very, it has a very interesting art style. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what you're doing exactly because there's some sections where you were actually getting out of the car, going in almost looking like you were gathering some supplies and whatnot, and then continuing to move forward while trying to stay away from different happenings like lightning coming down and fire mm. and all this kind of stuff. So it looks mm. like a very interesting first-person game. I just want to see more of what it actually is okay. to, get a gra- to get a grasp on it. Uh, Harry Potter's Hogwarts Legacy game is getting a PlayStation exclusive quest, which looks super trippy. Uh, kind of almost look like it's a it's a dungeon kind of experience, but it kind of almost had a control vibes from that that game. So it looks really trippy and weird and stuff. So if you are interested in that, you will need to grab that on the PlayStation because it is exclusive. Uh, Yakuza, go ahead. I said, keep saying trippy, and all I can think when you say that <laughs> Harry Potter on LSD. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yakuza announced the first of many games <laughs> with Ishin getting a spinoff uh, that is getting a Western release. The cool thing is it's a game that was in Japan that they made, and now it's releasing in the West. Mm-hmm. nice and upgraded come to the ps4 and ps5 in february of 2023 uh we got two new psvr games coming demio which is essentially a co-op dungeon crawling game which is rolling you're rolling dice and stuff so it's like tabletop game we have done i believe our editor-in-chief ron burke did a preview of that in the, on oculus 
And then Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge got a new gameplay trailer and that it was coming to PSVR, which that is a really fun Star Wars game. I've played it on the MetaQuest. Highly recommend it. And from what I've seen as far as previews go, it sounds like it is nice and uh, upscaled, looks a lot prettier in PlayStation VR. So very much will be worth it if you grab a PSVR to go ahead and jump back into that world. Take pretty. Um, Tekken 8 actually kicked off the entire conference with a reveal trailer. Uh, the release date wasn't shared, just mentioned that there's a PS5 release of it. And the assumption would be that it is moving into next gen. It's a very pretty trailer graphically. I don't know if you've had a chance to, either of you've had a chance to watch it, but man, but it that. looks nice. Okay. So Let's I'm not much out. of a fighting game guy, but it does look really good. Uh, and then you recognize of course, when something looks good. I do recognize that. The big news that wasn't completely expected because it was focused on Japanese projects. God of War Ragnarok. It's a Japanese project. You're talking about not only <laughs> not only. And I half thought they were about to troll everybody at the start of it because the Delayed start of it, 2024. No. Well, <laughs> The way they started it actually showed off a limited edition DualSense that is coming. Mm. So you were like, oh, they're it just was, showing a controller. <laughs> ah. It kind of seemed like they were about to, especially <laughs> the way the trailer cut off after that. It was like, oh, great. This is going to end on, it's going to be a straight troll of it just ending on, oh, you can buy a limited edition controller, which I'm super excited. Like, it's a pretty looking controller. I'm going to add it to my collection, but it's not newsworthy. But what is newsworthy is how incredible the God of War Ragnarok story trailer was with lines like death can have me when it earns me. Yes, I. So. <laughs> I thought it was tight. Really, it was I great. Do, the, the biggest thing good. is the game itself. When you look at gameplay compared to previous trailers, it does look a lot more fleshed out. One of the worries that a lot of people had was being a cross gen game being kind of a quick out the gates game is there any chance that this game is just lesser of quality uh e even with the delays and whatnot and taking a look at this kind of makes like you kind of drops any worries on that because yeah they've they've fleshed out these environments everything looks pretty everything looks good and it looks like they're going for a humongous scale with with what they're doing in this game so that was that was the biggest thing from that showcase. And then I, know, I was I never worried about that for Ragnarok. <laughs> I just, I just, I was like, they can, I mean, it would take time, but they, they can split these resources in order to make the PS five look really good. And the PS four, just what it can run. So I, I yeah. don't know. I just, I was never concerned about that. So that yeah. seems, seems like it looks really good. Yep. And lastly, Call of Duty stuff, because that hit today. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually were treated to an event that contained a lot of things. Like, this was not just, hey, here's the multiplayer. Come back to us in about a month. We're going to tell you about Spec Ops and whatnot. No, this was telling us about multiplayer. This was telling us about Spec Ops. This was telling us not only about those things, but then telling us about Warzone 2 and telling us about Warzone Mobile. And they even confirmed that there is a DMZ mode 
coming to Warzone that essentially is going to be Call of Duty's own little Tarkov experience. So I'm very interested to see where Call of Duty goes with these things. Now, first off, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, beta actually starts tomorrow. We will be, I'm assuming, talking about that next week. At least I will uh, after playing it over the weekend. Uh, we know Spec Ops is back. Uh, the interesting thing, it's going to be two-player co-op experiences, but from what the sounds of it, they're actually going to go with a person kind of in the sky doing kind of overview, whereas, and one person going below kind of shooting at people on the ground. So very interesting to see how they work to explore these hot zones and how they keep it fresh, because I know Spec Ops modes, the problem you run into a lot of times is it feels like just a forgotten part of the game that, hey, we just put this in here so that you'll have something extra to do to level up your weapons, and that's pretty much it. As soon as you've done it, you're done. Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully I don't, they will... Go ahead. <laughs> I don't remember the the Spec Ops uh, current experiences, I, I you know, but uh, it's, it's Spec Ops was... Interested in. Spec Ops for the... Wasn't it on the original Modern Warfare 2, right? It was. It was yeah. the thing with them. They they were always essentially the horde mode. Like Gear, Gears of War made horde mode popular, and then everybody decided to do their spin on it. So that's what Spec Ops was essentially. Uh, that didn't. It didn't feel like that to me to a degree. Which it was, I um, guess, more a little more missions based. It was, but I remember liking that a lot and missing it when they didn't have it in Modern Warfare Three and Black Ops and Black Ops Two and stuff. Yeah. So which is I didn't know that. Re- yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I didn't know most mo- or more current Call of Duty games brought it back. But it, yeah, I guess it was Modern Warfare great. 28, uh, Modern Warfare 2019 actually brought back Spec Ops. So oh, it did? I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep, it did. Oh, well, I'm glad Something it's back from Modern Warfare. Something else that's been brought back is the dolphin dive. Oh, Lord. <laughs> You're going to be able to dive forward. Yeah. So that's going to yeah. be my that's going to be my new thing along with sliding. Um, you're going to be able to swim in this title (laughs) you're going to be able to swim in this title there's going to be mantling uh one of the coolest thing hanging off ledges uh we saw that in some of the multiplayer they showed today where people would jump up to a ledge they'd hold on they'd kind of aim their gun over the top yeah see what's going on up there uh previous ways of moving around like tax sprinting are back as well and there is no slide canceling in this game Uh, slide canceling essentially was do a slide, cancel it, and then press the jump button and it pops you right back up to full uh, standing. So it was a way, it was a movement thing that also pros found out that it reset your tactical sprint. So people would tactical sprint roughly until they figured it was about to go away. They would slide cancel, pop right back out into another tactical sprint. So people, that's part of why people were flying around the map. Uh, that's why they were doing it all the time in Warzone. And this is going to change the way the game plays a lot. Yeah, uh, something I else that's super Something else is super cool. Modern Warfare 2 is getting raids at some point. They are, they are bringing raids to Modern Warfare. What, they bring these in like 15 be, people and you take down a be, Metal Gear? Apparently, these are going to be three-player co-op experiences that sound similar to the raids in Destiny. They haven't said a lot about it, and we won't know a lot about it until the game launches, but raids, man. I'll take that it. That sounds super bizarre for a Call of Duty like, game. That does sound it, bizarre. It That's a does, perfect but word. I mean, like, essentially, if it's, if it's these cool, almost like, you know, Black Ops 
style missions, so to speak, that they're doing. Like it the could potential be really cool. is there. Yeah, the potential yeah. is there. I just, mm, mm. I, like I think the, I would need to see it because like, it's it's, it's yeah. the wrapping your head around it. That's really yeah. really what I feel it is. Have you ever like, done a Destiny raid, David? Uh, I think I tried to do one by myself once and it did not go well. Okay, that you didn't do a raid because you can't do them by yourself. So, yeah, there's six, um, six player activities. Yeah, these are not strikes, no. uh, but yeah. yeah, no raids are like super special intricate okay mind-numbingly like interesting mechanically intensive yes so when you compare or even if activision is comparing raids destiny 2 like that that's that's a a that's a big statement yeah that's (laughs) there there they are uh they they would have claiming something there they would have had a first person view to it so what do you mean well they were they were oh because public, uh, they published oh uh, yeah today. yeah but so, I, I mean so, you know they would yeah. yes I get that but still to recreate that idea I mean that's a that's you got to ask the people who are actually making it hey we want stuff like destiny raids can you yeah. do that which I'm not <laughs> saying they can't I'm I mean to to uh, all the studios is- credit minus sledgehammer uh, they have they have managed to keep Call of Duty fresh and interesting to people. Yeah for all this time so i'm not saying they can't do it I, that's a lot to live up to though oh yeah for sure well i'm very the biggest thing is i'm just interested at that being a part of call of duty like it it's kind of it's one of those things like okay if you manage to pull this off this could be really cool a really it, cool it way to to reinvent this game so if, not to mention it's something that it's a player engagement tool because I'm assuming this will be a limited time, probably event. Yeah, I, it might not. Um, but who knows? It, it doesn't have to be because this this isn't a live service game in the same way Destiny or the Division is. So yeah, uh, or even Borderlands for that matter. So, uh, yeah. but even Borderlands, you know, its raids are continuous, so it's not limited. Yeah. So, uh, whew, wow, yeah. yeah, something really crazy we saw today third person there is third person playlists coming back in modern warfare 2 so that was that was really interesting to watch today obviously it looked a lot more janky than the first person yeah (laughs) looks that was kind of my impression as well (laughs) yeah i can imagine but at the same point it's like this is at least neat to watch i can't say that it's something i care to play but it's neat to watch um, they've also adding some of the larger modes are actually supporting AI players. So for instance, yeah. the newest mode invasion, I believe they said it was 40 V 40, but 20 players of each team were AI. So it's essentially hmm. 20 V 20 real players with 20 V 20 bots. Right. So the sound of it is in this invasion mode. If you push into the base, for instance, that, the AI knows you're like that. The AI will find out that you're there and they will start hunting you down to protect the base and whatnot. Uh, as well as the, these AI will not count towards say skill streaks or score streaks when you kill them. And it will just say you've killed a hostile. So my guess is it's probably going to, I'm, I'm just guessing, but maybe it's going to have kind of a feel in, and it is specific to this mode. Yeah. I get possibly that. it's going to, maybe replicate a bit of Titanfall 
That was the first thing that came That's to my mind, my but mind it made well, yeah. is that it made That's sense for Titanfall. This doesn't sound like it needs it. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, like I said, it's a specific mode, so they're, get at that, least they're not pushing it into everything. So weird I suppose. Decision. Okay. So, if anything, the way the way I look at it is, it's a nice thing to test maybe some of the systems that you're putting into play to see uh, how they can work for you later on. Maybe you can create some stuff out of it. Um, something that I don't know that a lot of people expected to get was as much Warzone as we got out of this event because the pros were actually the people were actually playing Warzone. We got to see the first Warzone victory happen. Like Warzone in, Two in the stream in Warzone Two. Nice. Um, the next big evolution of it is actually launching on November the sixteenth. Is when oh. we are getting Warzone Two. It's going to be free okay, to play yeah. just like the first one. Yeah. It will be on next gen as well as on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. How well it will run on those, we don't know. They're calling it Warzone 2.0, and it is launching with an entirely new map called Al Mazra. And it's got a large desert as well as big cities for players to fight in. One of the some of the cool things is they are putting some familiar places in. For instance, Terminal is a part of this map. <laughs> The terminal old for, terminal from Modern Warfare 2, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is actually a part of the Warzone map, as well as mm. high ri- the high rise area. Mm. Is okay. the high rise map. It is an area on top of one of the buildings on the map. If you go on Twitter, you can actually search up and see where some of the pros intentionally went and okay, explored yeah. these during some this, of the uh lobbies. This, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, uh I'll go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think I can see where they're going with this because I was yep. wondering if it was tied to the mainline games, which it doesn't seem like it's doing that anymore because of the, all the problems that they had with, you know, trying to keep things modern. But then you got something like Vanguard that comes around and it's like, oh, frick, what do we do with that? And so instead of tying it to weapons or, you know, things like that, we can we can make a new map, which is a thing now in BRs. And tie iconic areas that you remember yeah. from certain games and make that part of the map that's that's yeah. that seems like the direction they could go and i like that i like that a lot well of course the cool thing that they're doing with warzone 2.0 is this is a fresh start i've been referring to this as the great reset that we're yes, coming it up is. on it is because warzone, warzone 2.0 is literally it's cleaning the map clean there none of the old map weapons like there's going to be variations obviously but they're going to be warzone 2 weapons these are yeah. not these are modern warfare 2 weapons that none of the old weapons from modern warfare 2019 from black ops cold war from the other they they actually said we didn't expect warzone was going to be this ridiculously popular and when we started adding all of this stuff mm-hmm. in it to try and That's keep easy. people yep. engaged it ended up getting super broken and super mm-hmm. messy so and they were like we we screwed up (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. so this is our chance to really fix a lot of these issues and figure out the best ways to do everything and i'm really excited to see how they're going this actually what's been really interesting is it the gameplay that we saw was much more and some of that is the fact this is the first time they played it so they're playing it a lot slower but you could see that the game is forcing a lot more tactical minded thinking in Warzone, as opposed to, I'm gonna just slide cancel my way around you and fry you. 
Oh, yeah. Like they're making it. It seems like they want to really make you think, really make you like one of the most crazy things I saw. There are multiple circles on this map. When you get towards the end of the bigger circles, there will be smaller circles. There were three smaller circles and they eventually kind of merged themselves together. Okay, yeah. Continued going so kind of forcing things. Hyperscape did something kind of similar to that in the way like zones would collapse and then you had yeah. to find like the right zone to get into. Yeah. So yeah, that okay, yeah, I can see so something they're, like they're, that. They're taking some cool ideas. Uh they're the to me, I felt like I saw a lot of similar of ideas that they tried out in Blackout, the original Call right, of yeah. Duty BR Battle Royale, <laughs> which kind of operated more like a standard battle royale. Mm-hmm. So it feels like we're getting a little more standard battle royale stuff because Warzone was it was more Call of Duty fast with the way that they built it than PUBG, obviously. So it sounds sure. like with this, you're going to actually have like a backpack and you're going to be picking up like one of the things that somebody immediately noticed was, hey, this guy's was able to pick up like not just C4. He was able to also pick up some grenades. And then when he realized, hey, this isn't working, he was able to switch between stuff and use it depending on the size backpack he had and whatnot. So it does sound like they're really trying to get people to focus tactically. And it's going to be really interesting to see because I've seen a lot of talk of, man, I don't like the way this plays. I don't like the way this looks and stuff, which everybody's I've heard that so many times with Call of Duty over my time covering it of, oh, I hate this. And then put somebody puts 200 hours into it. Yeah. Um, but it's that's the thing is they're taking they're taking chances of changing up the way the formula works, like the gulag. Everybody, that was one of those new ideas of I'm not just dead. I get a chance to fight to get back in the yeah. game. It's an interesting experiment. They're changing up that, too, with the fact that they're going to do 2v2 gulag. So you're so you going to have to work together with another player to fight against two other players to get out. And then the funny thing is you get out. If you win that, you both get out and suddenly you're enemies again. <laughs> so I mean, you're yeah, actually having like, to fight together with each other. And what's interesting, they are actually bringing back proximity voice chat. Oh, so that's going to be a disaster. It, it, Dear God, it's going to be, that's it's going to be, going, <laughs> that's going to be a disaster. Yeah. So you can whisper in someone's ear before you assassinate yeah. them. Um, I love you. So, but it's just, it's just <laughs> the, the gulag also isn't like the previous gulag was you, you drop in and you automatically have a specific gun yeah. that you're using to try and win. It's all ground loot in the gulag. So you actually have to run up and find uh, a straight weapon hunger real games. fast. Yeah. It's, it's straight up. It's hunger games. You're having to run up and find stuff and whatnot. And yeah. it's just, that part's it, interesting. Yeah, it's cool. And then they're taking some other. Yeah. Then they're taking some other ideas with having some AI on the map with like some strongholds where some of the best loot is going to be, but it's going to be defended by Mm, like AI play AI characters. And then they said there's going to be maybe some different random spots on the map where you'll go into a room and there's going to be an AI guy there, which it'll be a chance for you to, you know, maybe get a better piece of loot by killing that AI character or whatnot. But you're revealing your position on the map by doing that. So they're also getting rid of loadouts uh, for now. 
Uh, you're gonna you you'll still be able to go to buy stations and buy specific weapons, but there's some different things that they've announced with like gunsmith and whatnot, which you can read all this on Gaming Trend, where we've gotten a bunch of articles going on Call of Duty about all the stuff that's changing in the game. But that there's just so much cool stuff that they are. You can tell that with Modern Warfare, they realize we need to go big or go home. Yeah, because Vanguard this reset crap the bed. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, but they're it's trying also, to map their pandemic the numbers. Warfare, but it's also the fact that Modern Warfare sold better than almost. It, I believe it's the best-selling Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 2019 was the best-selling Call of Duty, it, and that's it's followed up, up it's top three for sure. And that, and that got followed up by Warzone being a a, a hit, and very mm-hmm. similar to very similar to how we talked about Plague Tale with them making this fantastic opening entry and then having to come back and be like, you know what? There are some things we need to adjust. There are some things we need to change to, to continue this game being great. Infinity Ward has actually had a no interruption. They didn't have to step away from their project to help with anything else. They didn't have to step away to help with Vanguard or with Cold War or with anything. They were allowed to sit there and just work on their project. So they've had a chance to look at this and be like, okay, this didn't work in Modern Warfare 2019, or we could make this better in Modern Warfare 2, or this is how we should change Warzone to make it work the way it is. And I'm just excited to see that they they obviously care about making this the best possible iteration of Call of Duty that we've gotten in a while. And we're going to get a chance to play that over this weekend and next weekend and see how that works, because apparently everybody loves the multiplayer so far that's come out of the event. There's some people are I think people the biggest thing with Warzone is it's there's probably just some very dramatic changes that are just going people going to have to get used to, because when you get used to playing a game one specific way. Yeah, it changes it, it, the game know, changes. Yeah, it's got the name Warzone, and people associate the style that current Warzone has with that, and so it's changed. Yep. And everybody's gonna hate change, um, but at the same time, it's like, do you really want to keep playing this version of Warzone? Though, no, you don't. So deal with it. Considering how much we've listened to all of them complain about it. <laughs> right. So it's like you want the change, but then you're going to complain about the change. You can't... You, but I want the same... Can't or, please no, everybody. You, well, no, you There'll can't. There'll be growing pains. Yes. Oh, yes. Very uh, much agreed. Okay. Next, Call of Duty. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. And then, of course... Warzone Mobile, if you want to go back to Verdansk while on the toilet. Or in your bed. Or at the airport. Or wherever you you want. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think anybody cares about Call of Duty. (laughs) Warzone Mobile. Not when Warzone 2 is going to exist, unfortunately, for the mobile players. Crazy enough, though, that thing is probably going to blow up like ridiculously. I'm I'm sure they've probably already got stupid amounts of pre-registrations because you can already pre-register on Google Play. Yeah. And then they actually play it and go, yeah, then let me get let me go play Warzone 2. <laughs> let me do that. Save myself the cons- trouble. Considering the numbers on uh, on uh, Call of Duty Mobile, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't if that doesn't make Buku bucks for them though. Maybe 
Maybe. Yeah, it might make the dollars. That's true. It may not have the players, but it may have the dollars. And that matters. All right, is that all the news you got for us? That is all the news. All right. That was a big blowout of show. I like it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, you can uh, follow us on Discord. Not even follow us. Join us in the Discord. That's how that works. Join us. Yes. Become one with us on Discord. Mm. Mm. Take take the next step and become one with us on the Discord. It's um, <laughs> there are no rituals, no hazing, none of that. All you got to do is click the link in the description, and you will be one with us. And we yep. talk a lot about video games, of course. Uh, so uh, yeah, if you uh, want to talk about anything that we talked about. Uh, you are interested in a plague tale. You are interested in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Steel Rising, Temtem, uh, and any of the news. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, hit us up there. And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. However, you uh, consumed this form of content, as they say in the marketing, cons- consumption of a thing. <laughs> thank you for listening and watching. And we will talk to you uh, next week if I don't do any crazy moving stuff. Yeah. (laughs) It's always in the air. Talk to you later.